progress of my January 1st devotional. I've got a devotional. It's called the Men's Walkthrough uh, Proverbs. The Walkthrough Proverbs for Men. And I read every day. I read uh, for whatever day it is that, that uh, you know, like today was the, what is today? The, I've been running nonstop. Yeah, so I've read the 12th today, right? And so every day I have a different um, devotional. And the first day of the year, I found it very interesting that Circumstances will arise again. And if you don't remember how it dealt with you or that situation or circumstance dealt with you the last time, you're quick to make the same mistake and find yourself in a place of pain, hurt, agony, shame, bad credit, whatever. You understand what I'm saying to you? So, so, so I bless God. I've learned to bless God for my past because my past keeps me operating the way that I operate today. Amen? So, 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 so get this. And it is deep, it's deep knowledge that is gained by having many experiences in life. And, 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 and you know, it's funny because, and I want to say this, and I don't, I don't knock anybody when I say this, I'm always 
you know, when I, when I think about that, I think about uh, stuffy, stuffy church people. People that, that, that have been in church all their lives and they have not come off the porch once. You know, everything has, has been, you know, church, 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 and church, church. And, and, and so there's not been a lot of experience in life. And because they haven't experienced life, and this is this is one of the biggest problems in church with the older generation in the church, is that because they refuse to experience life or they didn't experience life, uh, they don't understand those that have. And, and so, and so, what happens is uh, a lot of younger people are run off from church because they're surrounded in church by people who don't understand their struggle, or they got what I called, and y'all know I made up my own dictionary. And so uh, they got what I call Christnesia. Uh, they got saved, then they forgot about how they used to be a mess while they sat in church and act like they can't believe that this person is a mess. That blows my mind. It, it always blows my mind when people talk about, mm, 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 I don't know what she see in him. The same thing you saw in the one that was beating you up, the same thing you saw in the one that was stealing your money, the same thing, the same thing you saw in the one that was messing with your credit, the same thing. So why you, mm, mm. Is it that is it that you did he's really perfect or do you have Christ Nisha? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, see it, 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 it's so now I want you to get this, and this is the one that you're gonna want to write down. This is when you're gonna write down. Uh, uh, and, and the Lord gave us to me. And and, and uh, Kim ain't here, so I'm gonna need you to write this down from my quote book. Whenever I got a quote book, I'm gonna release it, man. Uh, and so here's what I want you to get. Uh, the reason that that statement is deep many of us have lived more than a little bit. And with that living comes experience. And experience used wisely is wisdom. Experience used unwisely or not at all is self-abuse. Experience used unwisely or not at all is self-abuse. In other words, you abuse yourself when you don't use wisdom. Or when you don't use wisdom wisely. How, how can you use wisdom unwisely? By not using it at all. By, by, trying, to, by trying to manipulate your former experiences. I mean, you know, it, 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 it was all bad. You know, I mean, you know we, we had some good moments. There was some, you see what I'm saying? Experience. But you know, so, so, so experience unwisely is when you do not use experience at all. Or you try to manipulate experience. And, and, and when you don't use your experience in your next move, then it is self-abuse. Because you are, and so, and so, and sadly enough, sadly enough, the church is full of people who have been damaged, duped, or played more than once in the same scenario. And, and it brings to mind the scripture, you know, first it brings to mind a saying that goes, uh, if you get me once, shame on you, but if you get me again, shame on me. You understand? And so if we take it from the carnal to the spirit, to the spirit, if we go to Proverbs 26 and 11, the Bible says, uh, as a dog returns to his own vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. And if, and if, you, if you ever had dogs before, if you've ever seen a dog throw up or vomit, what will the dog do? He'll wait a couple of seconds, but he'll go back and try to lick up the vomit. He will try to lick up the very thing that made him sick. And, and, and so, and so, and so, not understanding that, 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 that you got it out of you, Lord, have mercy. The blessing is when you was able to vomit it out. The curse is when you go back to it and lick it up. 
just as the dog returns to his vomit, so does a fool to his folly. And so we have to understand that, 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 that so you get out of this relationship, Lord have mercy, and then, and, then, and then you see all the characteristics in this joker that was in this joker, and yet you mess with them anyway. So to a fool to his folly. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get to the point, watch this, we gotta get to the point to where we realize what's vomit. And, 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 and God will, he will get you away from your situation. He will get you away from your toxic relationship. He'll get you away from all of that. But, but what do we do? We don't take notes. Or, or, you know, or we don't remember, you know what, you know what, ooh, yeah, you, you pretty, you pretty. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know what, the last crazy female I mess with like to stand there, chew bubble gum and twirl her, her. And he, she's standing there, chew bubble gum and twirl her, her. And he, you, you forgot she slit your tires, she busted your window out. You understand what I'm saying? She took EPOs and you didn't even bother. You, you've got to stop returning to the folly. Amen. I promise I'm saved. But am I making sense? Am I making sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and it's with anything. It's with anything. You know, I, w- I would get in trouble and get out of trouble and then go right back to what got me in trouble. And, 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 and you know, I remember one time uh, Judge Ernie Jasmine, may he rest in peace and God be happy with him, down in Louisville. He said, why, why don't you stop hustling? Because evidently you ain't no good at it. <laughs> he said, they keep catching you, man. You know, and you know what? Instead of, watch this, instead of taking rebuke and wise instruction, I went back to the vomit. Right back at it. And this happens on a daily basis. And this happens, and, and, and the most disappointing fact is, this happens with people that's supposed to be saved. Now, I got a problem that you had to vomit in the first place. Why, Dwayne? Because what? What does he say when the Holy Spirit comes? Lead and guide us into all truth. So since the Holy Spirit, and we know that Jesus don't lie, so since the Holy Spirit is to lead and guide us into all truth, I'm trying to figure out how my Christians got caught up in vomit. Because the need to vomit, you heard me, the need to vomit meant that there was no listening. We didn't allow the Holy Spirit to lead, so now we find ourselves with a stomachache. We, we, we took on something bad. You know, if you eat something bad, you get sick. We took, we took on something bad, and we got sick. The, 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 so so, so, so I'm, I'm perplexed. If the Holy Spirit, and we're supposed to have the Holy Spirit once we're saved, and, and the Holy Spirit is supposed to lead us into all truth and all righteousness and all of that, then how is it, number one, that we're getting to this falsity? But, but what, what blows my mind is, so then after you realize that, oh, I didn't follow the Holy Spirit, how is it that you find yourself three months later in the same situation again? Having to throw up again. Different food, same circumstance. We, we, we've got to get to the point where we step back and go, you know what? <laughs> That's interesting. That's tempting. <laughs> and a couple of years ago, before I had my heart broke, before I had my credit destroyed, before, before I lost my car, before I almost lost my mind, before I almost went to jail, I'd have tried you. I'd have tried it. I'd have tried it. But not now. Why? Because I have wisdom. How do I have wisdom? Because life experience taught me to operate better As a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his... Okay, so, so then I took it to the NLT, the New Living Translation, and it goes like this. The 
because I, I, you know, this is a, this is a word that the church uses a lot as well as the world. And it says, as a dog returns to its vomit, so does a fool repeat his foolishness. Let me tell you, the word foolishness is one of the most used words by the people in the church as well as the people in the world. He's on foolishness. You know, he don't fear foolishness. Now, I, you know, I mean, it's one thing to be on foolishness, but don't tell me I'm on fear foolishness. That means my fear, my foolishness has no cut. It, it ain't got a it ain't got a hint of wisdom nowhere in it. My foolishness is just straight up raw. It's just it's just you know it's just no more idiotic than me. You know, so and I want to show you what what the definition uh, for foolishness is in the natural, and that it means and, and this would explain a lot. The definition for foolishness in the natural says lack of good sense or judgment, comma, stupidity. Mm. It says that the, the, the definition in the natural. Now, I want to give it to you the natural because I'm going to give it to you biblically as well. The definition for foolishness in the natural means, and it's going to explain a lot, lack of good sense or judgment, comma, stupidity. Now, so anybody, you know, you ever, you ever, anybody got a friend that you always, is your, your constant having to tell them, man, you're stupid. Let me tell you something. If you got a friend that you're constantly having to tell them, hey, man, you're stupid. What you're saying is you're unwise. And let me just tell you about that friend. You want to be careful about those friends because stupid friends, unwise friends will have you caught up in everything. They'll have you caught up in, man, I didn't even know it was going, you know, no, 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 no. Now, now that's that's the definition of it in the natural: a lack of good sense or judgment, comma stupidity. Now, I also want to share the biblical definition of foolishness with you, and this gets deep. This gets really deep. The biblical definition of fool, and ain't no use in trying to write this down because it's way too much. So, so, and what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna have notes of this Bible study to have all these definitions and stuff for you next Wednesday. So when you come, you'll have all of these notes, and uh, you can just study them on your own. But, but get this, this is powerful. Foolishness would mean in the Bible that a person does not fear nor respect God. All right, children's church. Foolishness would mean that a person does not fear or respect God. Children's church is going on up that way, y'all. Middle school churches downstairs. Got any middle schoolers? Okay. Middle schoolers down here. Children's church up there. Amen. It's all good. It's all good. Come on, I'll show you real quick. Turn on. Excuse my outfit. I've been moving boxes of cereal. And so uh, it is what it is. Okay, so y'all ready? Get this. Foolishness would mean that a person does not fear or respect God. Get this part right here. In other words, that person doesn't believe there is accountability or justice. 
doesn't believe in God's Word, the Holy Bible. Now that's deep right there. And I want to, this, this, is, this is why this is deep. We have a whole lot of people in the church that do not fear God. <laughs> and, 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 and let me tell you, let me tell you, they do not fear nor respect God. And I'm going to tell you how you know. Because they will know the Word do contrary to it anyway. Anytime that you see somebody who is a habitual sinner, and I'm talking about like, you know, if somebody just, hey, you know what, I, I didn't know that, and that, that'll never happen again. And if that never happens again, that's one thing. But when someone is constantly, and, 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 and let me just bless you with this, don't think that the habitual means that they got to keep doing the same sin. Habitual means, you know, it's the same regardless too. So therefore, it, it, you know, you lie, you gossip, you steal, you cheat, habitual. You're constantly in sin in one way or another. That person does not fear God. And, and you know, the, the scary part for our church, right, because I don't pastor any other church, so I don't teach at any other church unless I'm preaching out sometimes, the scary thing for our church with all of our teachers, with all of our pastors is we teach you the right way. So when you leave Sunday night, Sundays, Wednesdays, it, Tuesday in Bible, you know, uh, course, the, the, the discipleship program, the youth, whatever, you know the truth. Here's what blows my mind, though. We know you know the truth, but we see you operating contrary to it. That is an indication to me and to the other pastors and teachers that uh, you don't fear God, nor respect Him. Now, let me tell you what the church did. Let me tell you what some pastors did. A whole bunch of teachers do this. They say, uh, fear doesn't necessarily mean to be scared of. It really just means to respect God. And in some, and in some way, in some parts of the Bible, that's true. But in a lot of the Bible, it means you better be scared. You better stop sinning. You know, this is why he says, "I am a good and a terrible God." And so, and so, and so, far too often do I see his people or his self-proclaiming people operating in a way that they will see the terrible side of God. I, I don't ever, I don't. And, and and you know what I've learned? What I've learned a lot, a lot of what I've learned is that when, when just from personal. I've messed up, and I know and that I messed up, and I'm messing up, and I know that I'm messing up. It isn't. It isn't necessarily that my car gets ran into. It isn't necessarily that you know somebody uh, breaks in my house. It ain't nobody come punch me in the face. You know what happens? I just feel the presence of God gone. No word. If, 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 if you've ever been saved, there is no worse feeling than the presence of God. You understand what I'm saying to you? Especially if you were not saved, then got saved and saved for real, and then and then and then became, uh, 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 you know, uh, disrespectful to the Word of God or to the ways of God, and then to feel it gone. Man, that is the emptiest feeling in the world. That is the emptiest feeling in the world. You see, and 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 what bothers me about when when he 
before. He never leaves me. But, 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 but when I have separated myself from him because of my decision, see, because God don't leave you, but, but, but you do separate yourself from him. And the, the, the problem with that for me has always been, you know, it's one thing if, if, if somebody messed it up for me. But when I mess up things myself, when I look around and I have no one to blame for where I'm at, it's a cold pill to have to swallow. This, this, is, this, is, this is the reality when reading the Bible and understanding the Word of God is that when, when, when you begin to understand the Word of God, you have no more excuse. And when things begin to fall apart, and they will, you have no one to blame but you. You have no one to blame but you because you knew that. The Bible says fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Amen? And I read something in a because I always try to, you know, I'm reading something on everything that I teach. Uh, I read this thing, and it's something called GotQuestions.com. It's like fish. You eat what you can, and you spit out the bones, but GotQuestions has been pretty good to me over the years. And it, it, it explains something that I want to share with you uh, about this, this whole wisdom thing. And uh, it says in, in Proverbs 9 and 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And this is what, this is what, Questions.com had to say, and I, I didn't want to try to re, reinvent it. I didn't want to try to, sometimes you just don't, if it ain't broke, you don't fix it, you just share it, you know, and then don't call it your own. Don't call it your own. Uh, <laughs> so basically, this verse teaches that the fear of God is foundational to true wisdom. All other types of learning, get this, are worthless unless built on, built upon a knowledge of the Lord himself. Think about that. scriptures that you can read up on and, and study this, uh, but I'm not going to go through all of these scriptures, but it says, many other passages talk about the fear of the Lord. Psalms 111 and 10. Uh, Proverbs 1 and 7. But it says, before we can understand how the fear of the Lord leads to wisdom, we need to define what the Bible means by fear in this context. In the Bible, the word uh, translated fear can mean several things, as I just said to you a little while ago. It can, refer to, it can refer to the terror one feels in a frightening situation, like in Deuteronomy 2 and 25. Or it can mean the respect in the way a servant fears his master and serves him faithfully. You see that in Joshua 24 and 14. Or fear can, be, can also denote the reverence or awe a person feels in the presence of greatness. Fear of the Lord is a combination of all these. Fear of the Lord, watch this, this is powerful. The fear of the Lord can be defined as the continual awareness that our lovingly, our loving Heavenly Father is watching and evaluating everything we think, say, and do. Wow. Fear of the Lord is, is beginning to understand that He is watching and evaluating everything that we think or do. So, 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 you know, I thought it, but I didn't say it, but he evaluated it because you thought it. And so, so, hold on, hold on. I can't control my thoughts. Yes, you can. How, how can I control my thoughts? By filling your mind with the Word of God. That's how. 
you know, man, I, I have conversations with uh, guys from our denomination. You know, like we got a, a brother by the name of Raymond Culpepper, and this guy can just quote the Bible. And I be mean, he he'll go he'll come to the church and I can't and he'll preach and he will quote like some of the most unread verses in the Bible, right? And I'd be waiting on him every year. I'm waiting on him. So you saw him that year. He came, and I was waiting with my Bible. I was like, mm-hmm, I'm going to catch you this year. This year you're going to be off. You know, and he'd be doing it from the King James Version. You know, so I, so last year I just knew. I was like, he preached from, he said something, and uh, I can't even remember, but I was just like, I got you this year. This is a rough one right here. And that man, word for word, never looked at his Bible and quoted over 40-something scriptures. And by the time he got to that 26 scriptures, I was heated. I was upset. I done threw my Bible on over to the to the thing and then caught it again before he, before he started rambling off another because I wanted to catch him. I want to say, no, ain't no way in the world somebody can just sit back and quote the whole Bible just like that. And he did. He does every time. But you know what? When I talk to Dr. Culpepper, when I talk to him, you know, he can be explaining something that upset him and you can see in his face that, he, that he's mad as he's thinking about it. But all you hear is the word. Now, I don't know if he gets in his car and, and you know, I don't know. You know, goes off and bloops out. I don't know. But right then, as he's explaining it, and you can see the, 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 the agitation in his face, he still comes out with Scripture. I thought to myself one night, I was talking to him, I said, I wouldn't want to have to talk to him every day. But isn't that scary, a, a scary thought to have as a pastor, as a Christian pastor? Why wouldn't you want to talk to somebody every day that's going to kick the word? Everything coming out of his mouth is just about the word. But you know why it's like that? Because that's all he fills his head with. One of the uh, uh, things about uh, one of Dwayne's heroes, uh, Smith Wigglesworth, uh, one of the, the known attributes about this brother uh, is that he, he never read any other book but the Bible. You had a few other pioneers of the Christian faith that never read any other book but the Bible. And, and when, when asked why, he said, uh, why would I read any other book when the book that I read, the words are alive? No other book, words is alive. And that don't mean I don't want y'all to buy my book when it comes out, okay? Shameless plug. I still want you to <laughs> buy the Wayne's book, amen? But, but he says, I would never read another book because the words have no life. Bible is the only book of words that have life. It's crazy. It's crazy. Now think about what we spend our times reading. And don't say, well, you know, I really don't read a lot of books. No, you read a lot of books. A lot of us read a lot of books. It's called Facebook. We read a lot of books. And, 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 and 90% of those words ain't alive. You know, you, you, see very, you see very little scripture, but you see a whole lot of negativity. Amen. So, so, so get this, get this. Fear can, uh, he says, it says, it says, it's a combination of all of this. Fear of the Lord can be defined as a continual awareness that our loving Heavenly Father is watching and and evaluating what we think, say, and do. Now, here's, here's how we operate in wisdom from now on out. Before you, when you see yourself getting ready to think it, catch it. When you think, when you see yourself getting ready to say it, watch this. You shouldn't be able to say it because you, you know, some people say, you think I spoke without thinking. You, you thought about it. Because that's not how it flows. That's not how it works. You had to think to say it. Even if the thought was a millisecond, you thought it to say it. 
So, so even if the thought gets past you, catch the word before it comes out. Catch what you're getting ready to say if you know it's not of God. And then, and then here's the reality about this whole do thing. And he says he's evaluating, evaluating even what you do. So nobody ever just slips into sin. Uh, you know, I'm always going, well, I, I, I slipped up and made a mistake. How'd you slip up and make a mistake? I mean, was it, was it wet when you was walking and then all of a sudden you slipped and then you, whatever the sin may have been? See, 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 here, here's, here's the problem that we, with the 21st century church needs to get down. When you mess up, just say it. I messed up. I messed up and I repent. That's it. Saul would have had a bit, much better life if he just would have said, I was trying to please the people. I repent. He couldn't do that. He had an excuse. And, and that's another thing in the church. When you sin, there is no excuse. There's no excuse for sin. None whatsoever. And when you do, if you do, repent. Repent. I know you should make it worse by lying. Just We, we would, we would, we would, we would. See, okay, so I'm, I'm going to take it here. First off, though, you know why most people don't repent and, uh, and, and admit and apologize? Because the Christians are some of the coldest people on the planet. Some of the, some of the most unforgiving people on the planet. You know, and, and this year, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've already said it a bunch of times, and I'm going to say it a whole lot more all year long. Stop throwing the men and women of God away. Someone makes a mistake. First thing the church wants to do is throw them away. Oh, so so you didn't want to throw them away when they when they got your kids out of jail. You didn't want to throw them away when 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 they you know saved your marriage. You didn't want to throw them out, throw them away when they you know all when they was up at three o'clock in the night talking to you, getting you through some of the hell that you was going through in your head. You didn't want to throw them away then. But but the man or woman of God make one mistake and and the church won't throw them away. And nowhere in the Bible do we see men of God thrown away. They might go through things because they don't repent, or they might, you understand what I'm saying? But, but they don't make mistakes, and God just goes, throw away. So if God don't just throw you away, what gives people the right to? And so, and, so, and so we've made it impossible for the people of God to be honest if they do mess up, because with all the teaching folk receive from that leader, the one, they, well, the one part they get, they forget to use and operate in, if he messes up or she messes up, is forgiveness. But we all want to be forgiven. We all want to be forgiven. But we ho- and, and, and the reason that we throw folk away is because we put them on a pedestal that they don't belong on in the first place. You know, you know he, he's just your pastor. He's not your God. You know, she, she's, she's an evangelist, but she's not your God. You know, she's a pastor, but she's not your God. You see what I'm saying to you? And so, and so we, we, if we stop putting them where they don't belong, then, then when, when they mess up, we're not so surprised. Because, you know, human. That wasn't cool, but, but, but human. He, they knew better, but human. And I'm not saying that, you know, I'm only human. That just gets you a pass. But, but I'm going to tell you something. You know, Apostle Gloria said something that was powerful to me, and I won't talk about who it was when she said this. She said, but you know what? Some of these people out here are so hardcore about messing up, about you better not mess up and you better not this. They better not ever fail. The city will run them out. Did not ever fail. There, there are some people that have talked so hard about holiness and righteousness, and, and I don't, and, and you, you're going to hell if you do this, and you go, you better not never mess up. 
because your witness is done in this world. Because, because the way that you've made it seem, you will be out someday. You just, you ain't never going to know. And, and, and let me tell you something else. You've got to be careful of leaders like this. And I never want to be a leader. I preach righteousness. I preach holiness. I preach, I preach against sin. But at the end of the day, I let you know I'm a man. up, they feel like slitting their wrist because, oh my God, I, I was supposed to be perfect. You're supposed to be striving for perfection, but nobody's perfect but Jesus. Amen? So, get this. How much time I got? We're almost done. So, it, it goes on this, this thing to say, um, uh, as Jesus told each of us, as, as Jesus told each of the seven churches in Revelation, get this, I know Nothing escapes his attention. Nothing escapes his attention. And, and to me, the, every person that is self-proclaiming, that, that proclaims Christ, I think we all need that bracelet, that WWJD. I used to think it was so corny, right? But but this dude told me what he said. I, I look over, man, and it's crazy, and I, the temptation is at all time high, and I look at this bracelet, and I'll go, Anytime that you can walk into sin and you know that God is watching, but you say that you are a part of God's body, but you can walk into sin, see that we got a problem. We got a problem with that. We're not where we need to be, and that's okay as long as we refuse to stay there. You know, and so we learn and we get stronger through the Word, so that so that all of a sudden sin should become foreign to you. It should become. You know, hold on. You, well, why'd you say that? I know you're mad, but why'd you say that? That didn't make sense to say. That just made everything worse right there. Okay, I understand they was wrong, but why'd you do that? What? what? That don't make that. Because two wrongs don't make no right. In other words, you know, uh, you do not, what's the Bible say? You do not repay for, you feel me? We don't repay evil for evil. That's sin. But we give glory to God when people do evil to us and we show righteousness towards them. Now, a whole lot of people have a problem with that because they, they think that it's a pride issue. Ain't nobody, nah, ain't nobody getting ready to do wrong to me. See, that's the problem. It's a problem right there. That, that, that's a sin nature. That, that, that's pride. That's the original sin. You understand what I'm saying to you? Because, because the reality is, it says, do right by those that are from you. And it's not an attribute of love. See, love should be bigger than the offense. See, the, the fact that, and this is what people don't, I don't got to like you. The Bible does not instruct me to like you. But I am instructed to love you. And get this, God will never ask you to do something that he has not given you a grace to do. So in other words, I can dislike you, but love you. So when people come to me and be like, you know, I'll be like, all right, man, just meet them. Love you, brother. And they look at me, and, they, and you see uncomfortableness. And it's not uncomfortable because I said it. What makes it uncomfortable is that they know I mean it. Because I do. I don't, I don't got to know you. I don't, I don't got to. You got some people that I do not know, but I love them. And, and, and if they meet me, they'll realize, man, I do love me. That's weird. Why, why does he love me? Because God told me to. And then he gave me a grace to. And I found out that I am in a much better mood all day long if I'm loving rather than hating. See, to be a hater means you've got to have some hate. Lord, how much? 
And, and, and to be a hater means that you're, that, you're, that you're somewhat, you know, you're, not, you're unhappy with self. So, so it's far easier for me just to love you. I don't care what you did, who you did it to, whatever. I love you. You see. So, so I know I got some, some people in here, uh, maybe not in the room right now, but some people would say, well, what if they did something to you or to your family? Do you love them? Uh, uh, probably not at the moment. But, 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 but I withstand until I do. A lot of times I don't even have conversations with people that I'm upset with until I remember love. Because, because regardless of the confrontation, I want to show you Jesus. I want to show you Jesus. And we have to love one another and love this world. See, the, see, we got to love the world in such a way that, that, that they see that, that even though you're vile, even though you're a trip, even though, you know, you do some things, I, I'm still trying, I'm still hoping, I'm still praying that you get to Jesus. You see? But, but when we begin to get to the point where, you know, uh, you know, I just don't fool with them. I, you know, they, they just seem a little rowdy over there. They, that, ain't, that ain't cool. I don't, I don't like them over here because you see how they dress. Well, 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 how are they going to see Jesus and all that? How are they going to see Jesus and all that? You, you know why a whole lot of people don't come to church? Because they already have these preconceived notions that they're going to be prejudged before they walk in. Yeah, yeah. See, I don't care about the young lady that walks in with the skirt up to here. Because I understand from experience, life's experience, that she might have just came straight from the strip club. She, she, and if you know anything about the strip club, then you know there's a whole lot of, uh, 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 we call it blowing, but, but uh, snorting cocaine and a whole lot of drinking and a whole lot of weed smoking. And, and she might have, she might have, before she took that last bump that would have sent her into to an overdose that would have taken her life, she might have said something like, I just need to get to somebody's church. I ain't, I ain't got, if I go home, I'm going to sit down. If I sit down, I'm going to hit this. I'm going to church. And, and, and before we understand whatever she could be going through, you know, we won't go throw blankets on people. They, you don't know that. What you doing putting people, blankets on people's laps? You, you won't be doing that. Wish you would just come. I'm sitting here. You go put a blanket on my lap. And that, see, see, but she could be trying. You know, she could be in. I'm just trying to hear something to tell me not to slip my wrist. I've been raped three times on this job. Maybe, maybe, you know, being beat uh, at her stripping, maybe I, if I could just hear something that tells me that I'm better, that, 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 that God isn't upset with me, that he loves me re regardless of what I've been through. But, but you know what they usually get in the church? And they've been getting that all their life, wherever they go. That love, as you said, that love brings, godly love births a desire within you to want to see no man perish. That godly love, man, works on you at night about folk in your life that you know ain't saved. And you just, you be thinking, man, what can I do? What can I do? You know, I remember a time, uh, Dwayne, a lot of people don't know this, but the Lord has blessed him with the gift of healing. to the house, and, you know, I was like, man, we need to go over here and deal with this, and, and I'm walking in with expectation, like, my brother ain't get up after this, he can get ready to move, and we were praying, and Dwayne was praying. 
said, man, that really bothers me that he didn't get up. He said, I'm, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to spend some time in prayer and fasting because he was supposed to get up. And he began to try to figure out why didn't he get up. That's love. He could have just said, you know what, there was too many doubters in the room. You know what, there was too much fear in the room. You know what, there was, you know, the lightning was off. You know what, you know, I, I felt, I felt Satan in the corner. He could have, no, 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 he said, man, I got to, I got to go back to the drawing board because this, because love wouldn't let him leave it alone. You see. Get this, in, in, in order to develop a fear of the Lord, we must recognize God for who he is. This is one, have I been talking about this for the last six weeks? We continuously compare or put God on the same level that we put man. That is one of the church's biggest problems. God is God, and God is God all by himself. And so it says, it says we must glimpse, we must glimpse with our spirits. We must see with our spirits the power, the might, the beauty, and the brilliance of the Lord God Almighty. We, in, other, in other words, in other words, you know, I'm say, have you ever just been just been walking and seen something amazingly beautiful and just go, man, look at God. Just look at God. It's, you know, uh, today we, we eulogized, uh, well, not eulogized, we had a memorial for someone, uh, uh, my brother-in-law, uh, Tyshawn, and they started the video off, and it was of a, a canoe in water, and it was like, because he did a lot of fishing, and it was just the scenery, and it was just beautiful. First thing I thought, I said, man, look at God. Who, who took that picture? Look at God. My father, you know, I, I know he's crazy, my dad. And, and I tell y'all stories about him all the time. But he, so he goes into these things, but he, he's got these different, he's just weird. He does these things. So he started taking pictures of the clouds. And, and, and when I came over to his house one day, he said, he said, son, son, I'm, I'm into photography now. He says, but I'm only, I'm only going to sell one thing. And I said, what's that? He's like, God's art. And I was like, everybody's selling God's art. He said, no, 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 no. I mean God's actual art. And I'm sitting here, and I said, what do you mean, man? He said, and he pulled out his phone, and he showed me phone pictures of clouds. And I didn't catch that at first. He said, he said, he said, no, son, you don't get it. He said, he said, no one will ever have the same picture that I have. And I said, I, I how it could rain over on this side of town but be sunny on this side of town and that's God and, and the reason that it's raining on this side of town is because it needs rain but if it rained over here it kills some things so, so he doesn't let it rain over here this over here needs more sun and it's all in a 30 mile radius but he's God he's perfect you understand what I, I mean we're talking about a God where it says that he, he counts the numbers of hairs on your head this is God and once we begin to understand how magnificent, how awesome, how, how amazing he is. He woke me up this morning. Man, have you, have you just took a ride down the street? It's so much bigger than you just waking up in the morning. So much bigger than that. All of his creation. You know, I was reading the other day, and I'm in Genesis, and I realized, you know, Duh moment. But I realized this. One of the people is he didn't make the fish till he first made the water. 
why is that why is that important because how, how many of you have cooked uh how many of you have made the toast before the eggs was done oh and so now you got the toast it's got butter on it it's got melted on it but it's cold it ain't good. but but common sense would have said when the eggs get done you know, you know, you gotta, you know, when they're just about done, then pop the toast in there. See, we do stuff like that as humans, but he didn't make the fish till he made the water. <laughs> he, 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 didn't, he didn't make the cows till he made the land. But, but we, we, we don't, Lord, how much? We make the toast before the eggs are done. Amen. We pour the orange juice. You ever pour that? I can't wait to have the orange juice with my breakfast. And you pour the orange juice while you're cooking the eggs, and you drink all the orange juice up. And you ain't, the eggs ain't done. Little things we do. But God, he knows. Everything is perfect when he does it. Those who have fear of the Lord have a continual awareness of him, a deep reverence for him, and a sincere commitment to obey him. Obey him. Obey him. He said, you will know those that love me because they will keep my commandments. That's how you know those who love me. Not, not because they can speak in tongues, not because they tithe real decent, not because they give out coats in the winter, not because they feed the homeless. You'll know who loves me because they will keep my commandments. And you know why? I guess, thank you, Holy Ghost. He just dropped this into my spirit. This is deep. Because keeping his commandments uh, means that you have to lose your Keeping God's commandments means you're going to have to lose love for other things. Watch this, and even people. Think about that. How many of you, since this walking seriously with God, have had to let some people go in your life? Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and if you've yet to get to that point, and, and, you, and you know, if you're just walking through life, and you ain't had to get rid of nothing, you might want to recheck your relationship with God because there's a whole lot of things that, that God does not take on. See, a lot of times we say, God wants me, so I mean, come on, you can roll with me. No, 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 this is not the army. This is not the buddy system. You know, you know this, this is not the draft. This is, this is not LeBron, you know. If they, well, say, oh, if you want me, then you're going to take these three over here. No, no, no. This is, this is, you better do what I say. It's not contingent upon anything else. I gave somebody a ride, and you know that ain't, that ain't got nothing to do with nothing. Helped a lady, advised a girl. That don't have nothing to do with nothing. You will know those who love me by who keeps my commandments. There's a sharp contrast between the wise life and the foolish life. A wise person fears, reverences, and obeys the Lord. A fool despises. God's instructions and cannot be told what to do. Anybody know anybody like that? You cannot tell them nothing. You understand what I'm saying to you? The wise person is wise because he has started in the right starting place. The fool has no foundation on which to build wisdom. Romans 1, 21 and 22 speaks of those who neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him but their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. 
this is a description of people who try to obtain wisdom while ignoring God. It cannot be done for the simple reason that God is the source of all wisdom. The link between the fear of God and the wisdom means we cannot possess wisdom if we recreate God in our own image. Too many people want to tame God into a non-threatening nobody. Check out what it says right here. I love this part. It says, uh, but if we redefine the Lord as a God that makes us feel comfortable, a permissive buddy who exists simply to bless us and give us what we want, we will not fear him in a way that he deserves to be feared. You know, that's one of the biggest problems is that we have reduced God to our yes man, our genie in a bottle. Uh, and, and, and our prayer life is cheap because our prayer life is just full of begging. Instead of instead of presence, you, you see what I'm saying to you. And, and so and so and so since since God is my buddy and God loves me and God He forgives me and no matter how many times I sin, all I gotta do is say forgive me and He'll forgive me and and, and everything is everything. And and, and and this is why the churches are full of hypocrites. This is why churches are full of people but no power. Because we've made him we've made him our saha, we've made him our dog. He, we made it who we kick it with, but 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 and, and he and he blesses me. And, and have you ever noticed how when you, go, you see a whole lot of people that don't fool with God, always talking about how God blessed them? That's because and, and, and they foul. I mean, I mean, straight up, they just foul. They they they, 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 they you know. I always got a problem with people who will ask me to pray for them, but they diss God on Facebook. But then, then they get in my message and say, "Can you pray for me?" And I'm gonna say, and I always ask, like, who? Well, so who are we gonna pray to? Because because two posts ago, you didn't believe in God. So, you know, and, and we were stupid for going to church and, and listening to the white man's religion. So, so tell me, who am I supposed to be praying to? Because you ain't made that clear. So, 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 and so when you see people who are not living godly, and, 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 and you know, and it's funny because people just claim saved because they can. I'm saved. I don't care what you're talking about. The Lord know my heart. Hey. Jeremiah 17 and 9 says what? Say it loud, Dwayne. And desperately, who can know it? That's what the Bible says. It says, who can know the heart? So when we say things like, well, God knows my heart. Whoa. Does that make us okay? Because the reality is we don't know our heart. Let me prove it. You ever done something and when you got done doing it, you said, I can't believe I did that. But your heart led you how many times has your heart led you into something that, di that didn't turn out being what you thought it was going to be? The heart showed you what it was going to be if you did it. You did it, and then the heart had lied. It wasn't it. Yeah, I got a, I got a divorce on my record on the strength of my heart. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because it showed me something that wasn't real. Yeah. The heart above all things. Desperately wicked. Desperately wicked. Deceitful. Above all things. Desperately wicked. Then God asked the question, who can know it? Who can know it? And so we've got to stop making God our buddy. We've got to, and, and, and so, so, you know, there's a song that goes, what a friend we have in Jesus. And that song is so true. But that doesn't mean he's your buddy. That doesn't mean he's your genie in a bottle. That, means, that doesn't mean that you get to do what you want to do, then you get to call on grace. It doesn't work that way. For if we willfully sin after we receive the knowledge of the truth, there is no longer a remission for our sins. Hebrews 
so, and so one of the worst doctrines out here, uh, and maybe, you know, I've been thinking about this, maybe, maybe it, it just needs to be explained better, I don't know, but this once saved, always saved. Well, scripture proves that's not true, unless we're going to describe it like, and my spiritual father, may he rest in peace and God be happy with him, he, he explained it like this. There's a whole lot of people to teach that. And I'm like, whoa, be careful with that because what, what people hear is, you know, they're sitting in some of these pancake churches and they're going, so we can still get the soul? We can still get drunk out of our mind? We can still go do this, that, and the other? And all we got to say is, I'm sorry. Even though I know doing it is wrong, all we got to do is say, Forgive me? When we begin to teach like that, we have no right in being upset when we don't see through. Because what we have done, we've taken pesticide and sprayed it all over. Pesticide works. Yeah, pesticide. <laughs> and we sprayed it all over. Benny, if you spray pesticide on the fruit, it ain't going to grow, is it? If you spray poisonous uh, chemicals to kill weeds on fruit, I don't think it's going to, it ain't safe to eat that, is it? Okay, so 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 that's what this, this telling people that all you got to do is say you sorry. All you got to do is ask the Lord to forgive you. To continue to tell somebody that they can continue to do that, you're robbing them of grace. And you're cheapening grace. What, 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 what happened with uh, being able to challenge the flock to live holy? What happened? Why is it that, that young people do not believe that they can walk this walk? What, what, what happened? I'm going to tell you what happened. They've yet to see it. They've yet to see it. And then when they do see it, when they see the sacrifice that comes with it, I'm cool. So, so we'd rather have more hell than help because the sacrifices are too major. You, you know, here's, here's the most powerful thing uh, when it comes to wisdom that I think about all the time is that you ever notice the things that God tells you to give up are the very things that are taking you out? They are the very things that if they're not taking you out, they can. God has never in any part of his word told us to give up something or to loose ourselves from something that was good for us. It was always something that was bad. Whether it be a thing, whether it be ways, whether it be ways of thinking, regardless of what it was, it was always something that was going to affect us in a negative way. Amen? So, wisdom is listening to God all the time. And, and a lot of times we, we want to, so 
how do I listen? How do I, how do I get to answers to some of these questions that I have, you know, in, in life? And everybody wants to say, you know, you know, well, pray, pray. Well, if a person is saying, how do I get the answers to some of this prayer? You know, they don't. So you're just going to say pray. And, and don't let it happen. Guess what? They ain't going to pray again. I'm going to tell you how I work it. And you can use it. Anything that I am perplexed about or I'm troubled about or I want to know about, they got this thing called Google. And I go, scriptures on such and such. And so some of you were on the morning show not too long ago, and we had a person that kept trying to say, give me a scripture for this. And I said, no, get it for yourself. It's, it's called Google. Google what the scriptures say about, and you'll get it. It will always give you a host of scriptures. There in those scriptures will be your answer. Now, what you go pray for is the strength to apply what you just learned so that you can see the fruit that you desire. You see what I'm saying? You ain't always got to call. See, see, here's the thing. I'm, and I'm, you know, I'm not always going to be here. You know, I'm, I'm going to be with the Lord one day. You're not going to be able to call my number and say, what, what do I do about depression? Google it. What do I do about lust? Google it. Scriptures on lust. Scriptures on sex before marriage. Scriptures on whatever it is. It's like Prego. What's in there? I have never, I have never went to Scripture and not found an answer. Not ever. It might not say, yo, don't do this, it, 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 word for word. But it's going to say enough to where you sit back and go, now he blesses me with faith, but he also blesses me with common sense, so I get it. This is, that's in this. So I can't do that. You know, this is not in, okay, so that explains, so I'm good, I can do this. And, and the Bible says this one, this is the last one, I'm going to give you, what, what time is it? Hey, hold on, let's see. Tell me all the way. All right, so, Give me two minutes, two minutes, and I'm going to show you this real quick because this is, this is a powerful one. I didn't want to let this one go. I didn't want to let this one go. This is, this is, this is the one right here. It says in uh, uh, James 3, uh, James 1 and 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. James 1 and 5. In other words, there is no excuse. And so, and so I put here in my notes, and we're done, how do we ask God for wisdom? And I told you, you, know, you can go in prayer, but, but it's always been good for me to go into Scripture. And the problem is, and especially with the 21st century church, is that we don't go to God for our wisdom. Now, riddle me this. How can you be a part of God's body but not seek his wisdom? That's like having insurance on your job but never presenting the card when you go to the hospital. So in the natural, your bills keep coming. Why does it keep piling up? Because we will not seek God's wisdom. Proverbs 19.20. Write this down. You want to study this at home and we're done. It says, listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Deja, I want you to catch this one, okay? Listen, listen to this. It's all over the place. The Amplified Version says, listen to counsel, receive instruction, accept correction. Listen to counsel, 
instruction. That means get the know-how on it. Accept correction. We have to learn that we don't know it all, and sometimes we make mistakes. And when we make a mistake in your text, don't get upset and run off and get, I ain't never going to see something. No, no, no. Hey, I appreciate you correcting me so that I don't mess up again because the next time that mess up might be for keeps. Accept correction that you may be wise in the time to come. That's everything right we are battling with that, right? You know, I'm trying to tell you so you don't bust your head. I'm trying to tell you because I done been there. I'm giving you my life experiences, a.k.a. wisdom. I learned with my children that, that they would go do opposite of what I told them because they just, I know you're right. But, be, but because you told me, I ain't going to do it. So I, I ended up doing this one time. This is a true story. I told my oldest son, he, he asked me one thing, and I told him what he shouldn't do, and he went and done just what he should do. And, and, and I said, that's a sin and a shame, son. And he said, what? He said, then he said, oh. He said, oh. And then he said, that's what you wanted me to do all along. I said, ain't that funny that, that what I wanted you to do all along, you didn't want to do, but what you shouldn't do, that's what you want stupid. That's one of the words. That's one of the words. That's one of the words. It says when you won't use wisdom, stupid. It was a comma. Then it said what? Stupid. Yeah. So, I, I digress. But, keep operating in wisdom. They are watching. And if you operate in wisdom, 